Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. And we did promise that we'll keep you updated with what's happening at the social justice and nation building hearings, which have been dubbed the TRC of South African cricket. And uh, today was day eight. And the Sport 24 reporter and SABC sport analyst and commentator Kanyiso Chuaku joins us on the line. Um, Kanyiso, good evening. Thanks again for speaking to us. Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening, listeners. Would you say we are in the par place now? Because. Um, after the first few overs were bold last week, the sin setters, and now the big guns are coming through this week. What do you make of this week, and how would you say the theme or the, the, the theme has been? Well, I mean, you, you know that in general cricket terms, they start with the power play, and then they start easing into the game. So, um, look, it's, it, it, it's been quite it, it's been quite the explosive week. I mean, we listened to Aaron Pangiso's uh, testimony, um, where he explained um, issues of disparity of match fees, how he was treated um, in the national team when they were uh, as was playing, when he tried to look for answers and they couldn't find any. I mean, today's testimony. I mean, there was Roger Telemarkers um, earlier this afternoon um, saying that there's a big five uh, clique that controlled um, everything in the team, and that actually had to do with him not being able to play in the 2007 Cricket World Cup and if one remembers um, pretty well that Roger was the only squad member in a particular team um, who did not get a game in the World Cup and there was also Alviro Peterson's um, testimony uh, that also took place um, actually earlier earlier this morning um, where actually earlier this afternoon, I actually forget that Solipoile Teller um, also was supposed to testify last um, on, on on Wednesday afternoon, but because of connectivity issues, then came in and testified in person um, today and also explained why when he was accused of, of stealing Sashington Lucas bat and that is something that kept the, 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 the stigma that he stayed with um, for the rest of his career. So, look, I mean, we'd say, um, we would say in the total, um, when it comes to the SGN. And I think now we've arrived at a point where um, hopefully we're, now that people are airing their grievances, um, at some point we'll have rebuttals and cross-examination. Yes, and it's good to see people like Soliboy being brought on to give their submissions also because we might think maybe the problems are mainstream and we focus too much on the protests, but there's so much that is happening below. And there was also Omar Henry. He was very emotional. And when was it? I think it was Tuesday, if I remember correctly, when he spoke. They even had to take a break. And he spoke about how he wanted to go home after the 90, during the 1992 uh, World Cup because he wasn't playing and he wasn't getting any answers there. But you said um, Alviro Peterson stood out for you today. Why is that, Kanye? Um, Alviro Peterson touched on the 2015-2016 um, match-fixing investigations um, that led to a number of players um, being uh, banned for various amounts of for various uh, lengths of time um, from the game. I mean, um, if we remember correctly, there was I remember I remember a CSA press release um, saying that there were intermediaries. Who were, inter, uh, who were intercepted um, with regards to the were were regards to um, in regards to issues of match fixing. I think that was in 2015. Um, if I if I if I'm sorry if I remember if I remember correctly. Um, and then there was a process that actually took place of an investigative process. There were players um, who like Abu Tamitsolegile who were then um, charged, uh, suspended, and then subsequently banned. But I think what had taken place, um, not what had taken place, but what had transpired is that the nature of the particular investigation um, and, and, and it's, uh, this thing and its notes and crosses uh, weren't as weren't public in the form of um Hansi Premier's um match fixing uh match fixing hearing um that took place twenty one years ago. 
So now what uh, Alzira was doing when was he was explaining his processes um, with regards to his investigation where uh, where David Becker was, who at the time uh, was just to come back from the ICC and we called with Cricket South Africa's um, ACSU uh, chief investigator uh, were involved. So he was actually just delving into how the processes led to him being banned and whether it was fair or not. So I think now the important part would, would now be to see um, when the opportunity comes for, in particular, a Louis Cole and a David Becker, um, what, when, they, when they respond on, on this particular platform, um, what their response will be. Because at the end of the day, um, a lot of these processes, uh, people who want to say what they want to say, they felt that they were unfairly treated, especially in a matter that's sensitive of the, of the match mixing. Because, I mean, if there's match mixing involved, there's violence involved, there will be um, investigations. I mean, there was a criminal case. Um, that saw one Gulambodi being charged um, under the Prevention of Corruption Act. And from what I also, not from what I also understand, that also Jean Symes is also appearing in court. He was also part of the group that was banned um, with regards to this particular match-fixing activity. So, look, it's just that, from my opinion, is that um, yes, the players were banned, but I think that the investigation from, from, from incidents that took place in 2015 are still being dealt with in court. Um, does kind of give a bit of a worry in terms of the wheels of justice turning because I think it, it, it will be within those particular court cases where some facts will be properly fleshed out where at a court of law there will be proper cross-examinations. But I guess um, uh, of Euro Peterson's uh, testimony has pretty much brought the card before the horse where matters will... will um, I'm not sure how deep from Cole and Becker's side, um, will be fleshed out at this particular tribunal, not tribunal, at these particular hearings, and then still need to be dealt with in the court of law. But, can you so when we bring this spot-fixing allegations and issues to the hearings, does it not cloud things a bit, since these are two different matters? Because I remember last year when um, players and former players and coaches and administrators were sharing their stories of discrimination during that Black Lives Matter campaign, the spot-fixing matter also came out, and it just seemed to be two different issues for me. Or is the issue the process on not whether people were guilty or not? I think what, 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 what a pattern that emerged from a number of what the likes of your Tamitolegilos are saying, it's the process of how the um, process of how the investigation um, panned out, and which is why now I think in hindsight it could have been better if actually the whole process was made public, because if the process was itself as public as the Hansi Krenia match fixing uh, match fixing hearing, I think then you would find that um, whether whether the players accepted the sanction or not. I think proper clarity, I think if, if, if transparency was um, the buzzword at the time, well, okay, you know what, let's be transparent with this. There are people who've been, or are being investigated. Um, let's flesh out this whole process in public. And then if people are guilty, then they are guilty. If they are not, they are not. Because I think then if the particular process was made public um, from, incep- from inception, and ongoing clearly because it's now become a criminal procedure. Um, I think we wouldn't be part, we, 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 I don't think it would be part of this because now um, the, the, a blurring of the lines is very much possible where people could say that, no, I was chased racially, I was, this, I was prejudiced in this manner, I was prejudiced in that manner. Um, whereas, you know, that uh, criminal cases, um, disciplinary cases, will work on facts that are in black and white, facts that are documented, facts that are on phone. 
So with regards to calls, with re- recorded calls, with regards to messages that are sent in between people who are seen, um, who, are, who are being investigated. So if those particular details, I think, it, through the investigation, were made public in the form of a hearing or in the form of, or in the form of hearing, we say, you know what, let's take this before we get to sanction. Let's make, even if CSA had been actually at the conclusion of these particular bannings and say, can let, let us take us through what had happened at these particular steps. We did this, we did that, we did this, we did that. I think it would have now removed the gray area um, with regards to how players were treated because um, you'd find that they will admit to wrongdoing. And I think it's become clear that there was wrongdoing, but also was the process fair and just for those involved? Because also, I think, I'm not a legal specialist, but I would love to think that in the disciplinary process, people need to be treated fairly. I mean, in the investigative process, people need to be treated fairly. And if people weren't treated fairly, and that is uh, and, and and that is what they want to use the SJN for, not to absolve themselves from what they did, but to explain the process of why, of how they got to where they were, and whether they were treated fairly in the investigations, um, that that does bring a different dynamic um, to, to the SJN. So um, if, if, if it's absorption that they're looking for, then the SJN isn't the right process. But if they want to talk about whether they were treated fairly or not, and whether there was a process for them to appeal that treatment, then it's another story. Because it also brings in an element that how this process went down, because it's going to be difficult to pin down a South African cricket journalist who actively knows or is actively involved in how these particular investigative processes um, went down. Okay, now I hear you loud and clear. And there's an interesting tweet that he put out on social media, Kanyasa, which says Alvira has disputed Cricket South Africa's assertion that there was no match fixing in the 2015-2016 Rent Slam, saying that there was. How's that? Um, I want to play a clip of what Roger Telemachus had to say today, just about 30 seconds of it. He talks about basically how he's not getting coaching opportunities. I've got the highest qualification in, 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 uh, as a coach, uh, Mr. G. Again, I mentioned it earlier, I produce cricketers. My winning ratio was good. Um, you know, what else must I still, still do to prove people wrong that, you know, um, mm. I deserve a job in cricket? He seems hurt, Kanye, so that he's still being excluded from the system despite having all his badges. You know the thing with um, the, the thing with coaching, um, coaching selections is a very much subjective one. Um, union franchises want to pick their favorite individuals, um, people whom they deem that um, are their, their best candidates for the job. I mean, to put it this way, when the franchise system was disbanded. Um, at the uh, um, at the end of the current season, um, they were going to be coaching. They were they were uh, they were going to be coaching victims. Um, um, yeah, look, there were the guys like your Richard Dutnevs who have been able to had to find employment elsewhere. He was the coach of the Easterns and a very good Easterns team at the time. You look at them, Pune Kongame at Border. Um, he's now being replaced by Paul Adams, who was at Western Province. Um, and I mean, there are some. There are, I mean, if you look at the Dolphins in particular. Um, the kind of success that Imran Khan had with the franchise, um, I think for the unit, it only makes sense to then give him that particular coaching position. So it, it's a very tricky one in that. But I think also it goes down to the processes of, um, of one, qualifications. What are the requirements? Does the particular candidate um, meet uh, particular requirements? 
And I mean, it, it's always going to go back to the national team coach, Mark Pouch, and the fact that there was always, uh, you know, there, there, there's a school, there's, there's, there's the feeling that remains that he was, he, he, despite his vast playing experience, um, from a qualifications perspective, there are individuals who are far better qualified, who have more coaching experience than he does. Um, yes, it, it, it's difficult to quantify how you can trans- translate um, playing experience to coaching experience. But, I mean, there's, there's a very uh, a very valid school of thought that um, Mark Parker could have been uh, fast-tracked in the position, but yet he only has um, a level, CSA Level 2 coaching badge, whereas he's assisted uh, Enoch Nkwe, um, who's not only a Level 4 qualified coach, but has significantly more coach, international coaching experience than he does. So that's when that, that's when coaching the the the, the, the criteria of um, picking coaches then becomes a very subjective one because I in an ideal world um, if the best candidate is the one who's highly who's highly qualified and has shown um, excellence um, with or without coaching players um, then you then the idea would be that um, you hire a particular candidate. So, I mean, it's difficult to get in the way of what unions and franchise wanted. When you look at the Dolphins' perspective, um, it, it was always going to be difficult to to argue um, with an uh, Imran Khan continuing with the Dolphins. Whether him or Michael Smith, um, a former Warriors batsman who's also got um, coaching badges, um, would have been um, a shoe-in for the Cairns in England job. Then it becomes the decision of the employers whether do we hire Michael Smith or do we hire Roger Telemarcus? And then, then, then there are the tangibles and the intangibles that um, employers then need to weigh up. So it, it, it's a difficult one because, I mean, we've seen the success of black coaches through um, the franchise. I mean, uh, if you look at especially Eno Kunkwe, how well he did um, with the Lions before, before being seconded um, to the protest. If you look at a Jeff Toyana and the kind of success that he had in particular with the Lions. You look at even Tuffers in particular, Imran Khan, um, with the kind of success that he's had um, with the Dolphins that was, and what stood out with Imran Khan in particular, that he did not always have the services of, let's say, Yokeshav Maharaj, uh, but he, he was able to build a base of solid first-class players that are now are starting to push um, national team questions. Uh, so it's a very tricky... It's very tricky in that um, union franchises, okay, it's union provinces now, do have the prerogative of also um, appointing their, their their favorite individuals. I mean, it would have been very funny of the Lions to look past Wandi Lekwavo, considering the success that he's had um, with, uh, yeah. with with with, with the Lions. I mean, it would also be remiss of the Titans not to give a Michael Mashimbi a proper run, considering that. He had to move in halfway through the season um, when, in 2019-2020 season when Mark Boucher um, went to the Proteus. And also the Titans being a big contributor um, to the Proteus, it now has to work with a not-so-experienced bunch of players. So it, 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 it's a very difficult one. I mean, if the process was fair and then it did not get hired, um, then it's a different story. But if there were discrepancies with the processes, um, then it becomes a different story. Okay, let's play a quick voice note. Good evening, Tabi. So, Libra here. Let me just make it fast. The first one, uh, Roger Telekamas, I watched his testimony. Very emotional indeed. I think for me, the appointment of Michael Smith as the head coach of KZN Inland Cricket Team is very wrong. 
considering that uh, Telecamas has a level four coaching certificate. And if you look at Michael Smith, I don't think he, he has any coaching um, qualification. He was the former head coach of Maritzburg College and he is now the head coach of uh, Kaiserin Inland. But it's another story for another day. Maybe he can comment on that. And then the second issue here, quite controversial, Afri Forum, um, saying that all the, the, the black players are, that have uh, represented the Proteas are as a result of the quota system and not a resu- as a result of merit and them uh, locking the door and uh, putting good performances at a provincial level. Quite controversial indeed. I don't know if you can comment on that, uh, um, uh, Kanye. So thank you very much, uh, Tabiso. Thanks, Libra. Can you comment on that, Kanye? With regards to the forum, I'm not sure I'd love to give them airtime because I went to the press conference last year when they produced a report um, with regards to political interference um, in, 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 in selections, and it was whitewash. They did not do an original investigation where they actually handpicked picked themselves up and actually went to specific players, spoke to them. They based their entire, um, they based their entire what I'd call an inverted commas investigation based on articles. And it was very skewed. It was very one-sided. Um, so if ever people do come across that investigation, they need to read it with a firm pitch of salt because it contains a little historical context um, with regards to um, transformation issues in South African cricket. So um, I'd rather not go deep. It is a, it's a very badly put together report. Mm. I was at the conference last year. So um, no, I, 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 I would not give that particular report okay. um, or anything they say with regards to transformation airtime. Okay, um, let's let's we're gonna have to leave it there just because of time. But what are you going with in on News Twenty Four on Sport Twenty Four tomorrow? Um, uh, I'm fleshing out the details of uh, Alviro Peterson's uh, testimony um, uh, at, at, at the at, uh, at the SJN, um, and also I've I've, I've, I've also spoken to David Becker, and I've also spoken to Louis Cole because they were the key investigators um, with regards to the to the match fixing investigation. So that's something that the readers need to look out for tomorrow because I've actually, as the, as the journalistic group, if a name is mentioned in, 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 in such instances where the allegations made, we have to give um, people who are, people are named um, the right of response, which is what I've gone and done. And we've been made, they've made contact with me and we've received comments from their side. So we will be fleshing out um, what was the repeated said and it will have the responses of David Baker and Mr. Cole. Okay, wonderful stuff. Uh, also follow him on social media at K Morism. Also gives us blow by blow when he is part of the hearings. Thanks for speaking to us, young man. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sport24 reporter Kanye Sochwaku there, giving us what happened on day eight of the social justice and nation building hearings. And